0: Wonderful thing to witness six baptisms this morning. That is six whole eternities. Eternities in heaven in perfect fellowship with our God and Creator. Let's find our way to Romans chapter 1 this morning. Romans 1, verse 8 to 17. This is also on the backs of your bulletins. Romans chapter 1, beginning in verse 8. I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. So I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Let's go to the throne of God in prayer. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. By it, we know you. By it, we know your will for us. By it, we know ourselves better, ourselves apart from you, and then, Lord, we know who we are in your Son, Jesus Christ. I pray that as we read this, that you would give us a heart of of gratitude for who you are and what you've done for us, gratitude for one another, and a courageous resolve to declare your gospel to this world in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So here we are approaching our congregational meeting, and at the last congregational meeting I was unable to come because I was an item on the agenda. <laughs> and so I've been here almost a year now, and I've come to be uh, very grateful for all of you, my church family, and also very grateful for the staff that I get to work with and, and uh, minister with each week, and the Lord has really blessed us with a, a great relationship with one another. And one of the running jokes in the office is that Aria is 36 going on 13, and that I am 29 going on 79. And uh, a lot of that has to do with... Um, my interests, uh, my, my taste in music. I, I love the old hymns. I love to listen to very, very old country and western music. Uh, all of the people that I like to listen to pretty much are dead. <laughs> I like to watch old movies, old TV shows. And I was, as I was planning this lesson, I, my mind went to an old TV show, not just because of my attention deficit, but also because I found a connection uh, with one of the old shows that I like to watch, The Munsters. Now probably a lot of you have never heard of The Munsters, and some of you have. For those of you who've never seen The Munsters, there's this family of monsters, as you can see they were very creative with this show, this family of monsters, grotesque monsters who live just this... Ridiculous, spooky lifestyle in just a normal, everyday, early 1960s neighborhood. And there's uh, this family consists of this dog that's basically a dragon, uh, a few vampires, Frankenstein's monster and kind of a half werewolf sort of fella. And then this cousin of the family, Marilyn Munster. And Marilyn Munster is this beautiful young lady living among these grotesque monsters. And there's this running joke in the show where they all say, oh, well, you know, we love you, but, you know, you, you're kind of ugly. And they all tell her she's ugly. She's convinced that she is hideous. Why is she convinced that she's hideous? This beautiful young lady is convinced that she is hideous because her time is spent among grotesque Monsters. So she comes to feel shame about her beauty. And as Christians, because of who we spend our time with in our day-to-day lives, because the people around us are so lost in their sin, we are often made to feel ashamed of the most beautiful thing we have to talk about, and it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're often made to feel ashamed of the only good thing about us, who we are in Jesus Christ. So, as we look at this passage this morning, I want us to think about who we are in Christ in contrast with the world we are called to serve him in. So as we look at Romans 1:16, Paul says, "For I am not ashamed of the gospel." Have you ever been ashamed of the gospel? What specific reasons might we have to be ashamed of the gospel? Maybe we're ashamed of the exclusive nature Of the gospel of Christ. See, if the gospel of Jesus Christ is true, then that means all other belief systems are a lie. Invalid. If the gospel of Jesus Christ is true, then that means anyone who believes an opposing view is wrong. What they believe is a lie. If the gospel of Jesus Christ is true, Islam is a lie. If the gospel of Jesus Christ is true, Buddhism is a lie. Because the gospel of Jesus Christ is true, Judaism, which has rejected Christ Jesus, is wrong. Whatever New Age stuff, Oprah Winfrey, All Roads Lead to Heaven stuff, your aunt is posting on Facebook lately, that's a lie. Whatever... Joe Rogan version, macho, cool version of the same thing your cousin is posting? That's a lie too. And it's easy to be embarrassed about the exclusivity of the message of the gospel. Because no one wants to look their friend in the eye and say, if you don't believe what I believe, you're going to go to hell. We don't want to say that. It's uncomfortable and people certainly receive it. As rude. Maybe it's not the exclusive nature of the gospel. That you're ashamed of. Maybe it's the labels that you'll be called. If people know that you believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because genuine Christianity will get you called a transphobe. If you believe what the Bible has to say about gender. It will get you called a homophobe. If you believe what the Bible has to say about sexuality. It will get you called a Christian nationalist because you believe that the murder of unborn babies is a sin that should be stopped. It will get you called a chauvinist because you believe that God created men and women gloriously unique from one another. It will get you called toxic because you dare to believe in something called repentance from sin. There are many reasons why we might be made to feel ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But instead of dwelling there any longer, let's look at the reasons that the Apostle Paul gives for why we should not be ashamed. Let's look to verse 14. I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. So I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. So why shouldn't we let shame stop us from declaring the Bible? Because God said so. It's a simplistic reason and I'm grateful that we're not left there and we're given another reason not to be ashamed of the gospel. But let's pause here for a moment and realize that when the creator of the universe tells us to do something, We should dutifully and joyfully obey. Paul says he is under obligation. I think the word obligation sometimes carries with it a negative weight. But I think we should look here and see he's under obligation, meaning if God tells him to do something because of his love of God, there is no other option but to do it. When the creator of the universe calls us to do something, we should joyfully and dutifully obey. Uh, Last week, you talked about how there's a mandate for all believers to share the gospel. We're commanded to share the gospel. And what does Jesus say about commandments? In John 14, 15, Jesus says that if we truly love him, we would obey the commandments of God. There's another reason that we shouldn't let shame stop us from sharing the gospel. Let's look to verse 16 and 17. I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed From faith, for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. The power of God for salvation is disseminated solely through unashamed faithful believers, unashamedly sharing their faith. Meaning, that the only way God has ordained for people to come to faith in Christ is by those who have already come to faith, sharing that life-giving message. Let's once again look back to last week's message, Romans ten fourteen. How then will they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in Him of whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? Friends, we have a message that we believe. The gospel. The message that all human beings are sinners, deserving of nothing less than the wrath of God and a destiny in hell. But Jesus Christ, who is God, took on human flesh and lived the perfect life. He died the death that we deserved. Having the wrath of God, the Father, poured out on him on that cross instead of us. For our sake, he was raised to life so that we could have life in his name. All of us can be forgiven our sins and made right with God. We can have a future in heaven if only we turn from our sin and put our faith in Jesus Christ the Lord. That's the message. That's the gospel. And it's the power of God for salvation. And don't you ever be ashamed of it. Think of our song we sang this morning. And when I think that God, His Son, not sparing, sent Him to die, I scarce can take it in. That on that cross, my burden gladly bearing, He bled and died to take away my sin. Then sings my soul... My Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. When you think of the gospel of Jesus Christ and that you get to share that with other people, you shouldn't feel shame. You should say, Oh, there goes my soul again, singing. Then sings my soul every time I think of the gospel. It's the power of God to salvation, and I get to carry that message. How wonderful, how exciting. How humbling to be the vessel by which this life-giving, soul-saving message reaches the world. And not only are we carrying the message, but we are also a result of what that message does. Right? So when we think of the duty to share the gospel... Don't feel shame. Don't even look back and and feel shame about, oh, I haven't been doing a good enough job. When you think of your duty to share the gospel, say, there goes my soul singing again. I get to share the message of Jesus Christ. See, someone shared it with us, didn't they? How did we come to have this faith in Christ Jesus? Someone brought this message to us. Don't let it stop with you. Keep it going. Because unashamed faith leads to unashamed faith. Unashamed faith in ourselves leads to unashamed faith out there. Because this message is shared from faith, for faith, from faith, for faith. So sometimes as we talk about these kinds of things, like, hey, don't feel shame. And these are the reasons why you shouldn't feel shame. Sometimes the, you go, okay, that, that's great. I shouldn't feel shame. I knew I shouldn't feel shame when I sat down in this chair this morning. But what do I do if I do feel that shame? And I'm grateful that here in this passage this morning, the Apostle Paul gives the answer for that. Let's look again to verse 8 to 15. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing, I mention you always in my prayers, asking that somehow by God's will, I may now at last succeed in coming to you. So here, the Apostle Paul says, I I thank God for you. Why does he thank God for them? He thanks God for them because their faith is proclaimed throughout the world. They are clearly not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Everybody everywhere knows how much they love Jesus. And he wants to see them so that he can impart to them a spiritual blessing. Well, what is that spiritual blessing? He says that we could be encouraged by one another's faith, yours and mine, mine and yours. Our faith, that we can encourage one another by our faith. This morning we heard some glorious testimonies of faith in Jesus Christ. Let me ask you something. Didn't that encourage you in your faith to hear that? I know it did for me. Because what I believe and what I've trusted my entire life to, the saving power of Jesus Christ, I'm seeing it work in other people's lives. This morning at House of Prayer, we heard someone talk about how they've been sharing the gospel message with their grandchild. As you hear these things from your brothers and sisters in Christ, it should do something in your own heart. It should strengthen you, encourage you to see and hear the faith of your brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord for moments like these, because unashamed faith strengthens, bolsters the faith of others, Because unashamed faith leads to unashamed faith. So if you're struggling with boldness in your faith, what do you do? Look for opportunities to glean the spiritual blessing of being encouraged by the faith of your brothers and sisters in Christ. Our bulletin is full of opportunities to come and do that. Say, look, I, I need to just be around other people with faith in Jesus Christ. That's what my faith needs. I think of the lyrics to the song, We are God's people. We die alone, for on its own, each ember loses fire. Yet joined in one, the flame burns on to give warmth and light and to inspire. It doesn't matter how hot a coal is burning. If you remove it from the fire, it will begin to die out. Likewise, when the embers of a coal begin to dwindle, it's quickly revived by placing it back in with the other burning coals. Hebrews 10, to 28 says, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith So, what are we told to do in this passage? First of all, to be sure of your faith in Christ, knowing that you've been forgiven. Blessed assurance. We have the assurance in Scripture that those who've put their faith in Jesus Christ will have eternal life in Him in heaven. Be sure of your faith in Christ. Second, to hold on tightly to your confession, hold on tightly to what you believe as a Christian and don't waver. And then thirdly, think of ways to stir each other up to love and obedience. Love and obedience. Best expressed, I believe, through evangelism. The love for others put into obedience to Christ. That's that's evangelism. So as we do these things, we're helping each other to strengthen our faith so that we can go out And lead others to faith. Because you see, the enemy wants you alone. The enemy wants to isolate you from this church family. Many of us endure the voices of the lost and pagan people of this world all week long. That's not a new problem. The people that the Apostle Paul is writing to, when they left their Lord's Day gathering, they went out into Rome and lived among pagans. Just like we have to. It's not a new thing. Do you know what is a new thing? The fact that technology has made it that those voices of the lost world around us penetrate even the walls of our home. Even the walls of godly Christian homes in which every member is committed to a faithful life in Christ whether it's someone posting something antithetical to the gospel on social media, uh, or even just a potato chip commercial that is really trying to get you uh, to accept perversion as an acceptable lifestyle. We are permeated all week long by the voices of this world. And that is why we need this, the local church you say hey my sister in Christ is holding fast to her confession of faith in Jesus Christ she's not wavering and then your strength your your faith is strengthened my brother in Christ is telling people about Jesus where he works man I can do that our faith is strengthened by seeing our brothers and sisters in Christ. Hold fast to the gospel. Where all week long, we're slowly starting to be convinced that, okay, what I believe, it, it's kind of old-fashioned. You know, maybe I am a radical. You know, maybe, maybe I do need to loosen up on a few things. And then you come here on the Lord's Day, and you see all of these people, your brothers and sisters in Christ, your church, family, and you say, oh, I, I'm not a radical. I'm a saint. I'm a child of God. Let's sing together. That's what this is for. It is so important that we realize the importance, the the, the calling of God to be a part of this church family. Not just to check in and check out, but to be in each other's lives. To strengthen each other's faith because unashamed faith leads to unashamed faith As we consider all of this I want us to think about how we might best look to the example of Jesus Christ our savior Hebrews 12:2 tells us that Jesus looking to the joy set before him despised the shame of the cross Friends if you ever feel ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Think of what Jesus went through for you. I remember when I was in high school, I had a friend, and, you know, kids sometimes just shoot their mouth off, and it's important, I guess, to give them space for that. And my dad was around, and he could kind of hear our conversation. And this friend was complaining that her dad picked her up from school in his work truck. He owned his own business. He had a work truck, and everything he did he did from this truck and he picked her up in this rickety old work truck and she was complaining about how embarrassing that was to be picked up from school in the rickety old work truck and my dad said why would you be ashamed of that truck every earthly comfort you have you have because of what your dad has accomplished through that rickety old work truck every dinner you've eaten The roof over your head. The fact that you can go to a nice Christian school and be embarrassed of a work truck. All of this is because of what your dad has done out of that truck. Don't ever be ashamed of that truck. And we were both kind of shocked (laughs) that he sort of came out of nowhere and laid that truth on us. But it has stuck with me. Don't ever be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because the only hope you have in this universe was earned for you on that cross of Calvary. Just as Jesus did the will of the Father, despising the shame of the cross, we can do His will despising the shame that this lost world would try to place on us. We can bear the message of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation to all who believe. So what's our takeaway this morning? If you struggle with being ashamed of the gospel, remember what Jesus Christ has done for you. Remember that it is the power of God for salvation. We are the means by which the world will know who Jesus is and what he has done for us. That they can believe and be saved. Remember that someone was unashamed enough to bring the gospel to you and me. And lastly, make sure to gather together with your brothers and sisters in Christ so that we can stir each other up to love and obedience. Because unashamed faith leads to unashamed faith. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for what you have done for us. That you have secured for us salvation. We have done absolutely nothing. And you have given us eternal life. Lord, I pray that if there is anyone in this room this morning struggling with shame, shame about bearing the message of your gospel, that you would remind them of the beauty of it, that you would impress upon them the duty of it, and Lord, that you would make us courageous saints sharing the message from faith for faith, unashamedly. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.